This podcast contains discussion about adult topics. Use your judgment if there are little ears around. Hello and welcome to Doing It. My name is Anne. I'm part of the Family Planning Victoria Schools and Community Team. We go to schools and run classes for all year levels on bodies growing up, puberty, sex, reproduction and relationships. This podcast is for parents and carers of school-aged children, so we can share what goes on in a relationships and sexuality education class and help support these sorts of conversations at home. We've called the podcast Doing It because it's a question that children often ask, how to do it, and also parents and carers often ask how to do it, as in how to have these conversations at home with their young people. Today I'm going to talk with Sam Reed. Sam is a nurse educator from Family Planning Victoria. This episode is all about how a young person might want to go get themselves to a doctor. Sam has done a lot of work on resources for young people about what they need to know about this. Seeing a doctor alone might seem like a really big step in independence and something that parents and carers feel like they still want to be involved in, but this is something a young person can learn to do on their own and may prefer to do on their own, especially in relation to sexual health. We're going to talk about what a young person needs to go to the doctor and I'm going to ask some questions to Sam that often get asked by students when we do classes about sexual health in high school. So Sam, thank you for talking to me today. My first question for you is why would a parent or carer want to assist a young person to be able to go see a doctor on their own? So I think, you know, parents are teaching their young people many skills, including learning to become an adult as they go through their adolescent stage and teaching them how to navigate the healthcare system as part of this as well as looking after their own sexual health just as they would other parts of their health to contribute to their positive well-being. Mm. And the health system is difficult to understand. Yes, I think it is. There's many um, parts to the health system that young people might not understand, different terminologies that they might not be familiar with and processes including mm. considerations around cost, transport, access um, laws and privacy and confidentiality mm. and so on. And we'll get to that a bit later, but privacy is a big question that young people have. Absolutely. I think yeah. privacy is really key, really number one, that young people might have concerns around accessing healthcare. Yep. At what age can a young person go see a doctor on their own? So in Australia, a person is considered an adult generally when they turn 18. Um, but obviously there are times when a young person under the age of 18 will want to see a doctor on their own, including accessing healthcare around their sexual health. A doctor seeing a young person under the age um, of 18 on their own will make an assessment of that young person as what we call a mature minor um, and gain their informed consent. And this means basically that they're making an assessment that that young person understands the condition, they understand what they're asking for, and they understand the risks and benefits that are involved around that healthcare. And that's not a, any sort of written assessment, it's just the doctor's judgment? That's correct. And that might apply at a pharmacy as well, if they get a prescription that the pharmacist could yes, absolutely. do that assessment? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so if a young person, for example, was um, going to a pharmacy for emergency contraception, for example, the pharmacist will make an assessment, um, a medical assessment, whether they're able to understand the risks and benefits involved with taking that medication. Mm. 
If they weren't, what would they do? What would the doctor or the pharmacist do? Look, um, with the pharmacist, for example, they may choose to not supply that medication, which can be really tricky for young people. And as a doctor or nurse, parents, we need to be having conversations with young people around uh, what to do if those sorts of things happen. Mm. Um, Because we do need to try and equip them to have that understanding and that knowledge to access health services. Mm. If a doctor or nurse feels that they're unable to consent, um, they may be looking to speak with an adult involved in their care at that point. They'll make an assessment around whether the parent is an appropriate person to talk to. And mostly it is, but there are also times when we need to consider a young person's safety. If a young person did go to a doctor with their parent, is it standard practice for a doctor to ask for alone time with with that young person? Yeah, so for example, a young person goes with a parent or a partner, would the doctor say, no, I need to speak to you privately? I think um, uh, apart from it being standard practice, it's best practice to do that. And I think I'd like to say that health, any health professionals working with young people, we have guidelines and laws around protecting privacy and confidentiality. And we also have legislation around safety, um, protecting the young person or others from harm or potential harm. And so, therefore, it's, it's good practice for the doctor or nurse to see a young person on their own first. It's important to establish a reason and if there's anything they would like to ask in confidence first. I often find it's better to invite the young person into the room first on their own rather than asking their support person to leave. Um, this gives the young person opportunity to say anything they would like to in privacy. Before the start of every consultation, we explain the boundaries around confidentiality and privacy to young people and we explain what we can keep private and what we can't and that is around safety and risk to themselves or to others. We actually often find once a young person's in the consultation on their own and we've explained those things around privacy and confidentiality, the young person actually often prefers to stay on their own in the consultation and we certainly ask them always about what kind of support they have at home mm. and we're very keen to involve the parent or the carer or guardian in yeah, their so care. So maybe explaining ways that they could engage or ways they could explain what's going on to their parent or carer. Yeah, absolutely. That's always a very key part of the consultation. Mm. And some people ask for their parent or carer or partner to come into the room. After absolutely, that. Yeah. yeah, they absolutely do and that's absolutely fine. And I'll often say things like, would you like me to talk about any of this with your parent? Which information is it okay for me to share? You know, And most of the time they're very happy for their parent or carer to be involved in their care. If a young person goes to a doctor, does the doctor have to tell parents or carers? No, they don't have to tell their parents or carers. Again, um, it's about making an assessment, as I mentioned earlier, about whether the young person has that competency as a mature minor to consent to the medical treatment. But we always encourage young people to talk to their parents, guardians or a trusted adult about what is going on for them. And if there was some sort of crime being committed, then a parent might have to know or the police might have to know, the doctor would... 
Yes, correct. Yeah, so there are um, very, very sort of strict laws and um, reg- and legislation around what we can keep private and what we can't keep private. Um, some of that, some of those laws are things like mandatory reporting, for example, and that is where we must take steps to protect that young person from any abuse or potential. Um, harm or abuse and there are steps that we would take to report that. There are times when unfortunately young people are not safe with their parents or parents or guardians and we would need to make an assessment around that as well. So we might be talking to other colleagues, other doctors or nurses, we might be talking to the Department of Health and um, child services or we might be making a report to the police. Um, In any of those situations we're always talking to the young people about who is the trusted adult in the situation and we're also informing the young person about what's going on Mm. and we make that very clear as well. We say to them look these are the situations where we might need to report any harm or potential harm but we will let you know what's going on and who we are talking to. Mm. But in other cases where it's a young person who's having a consensual sexual relationship and they're coming in and asking for, say, the pill, um, then the doctor doesn't need to tell the parent. That's right. As long as the sex is within the law in Victoria, then yes, we don't need to tell the parent what's going on. Um, My next question is about uh, Medicare and my health. Is there any way parents could find out about a doctor visit through Medicare or My Health, and this is something that young people often ask in a class. Yeah, so young people again are really concerned about their privacy and confidentiality. So most people are listed on their parents' Medicare card, which is what I'll explain to them. Um, they don't need the physical card with them to attend the service, as the clinic can look up the details of their Medicare card online. And this information is only available to registered medical practices or hospitals. Now, once we always explain to young people that once they turn 14 years of age, their parents or guardians can generally not access their health information. Um, that information is kept private, even if someone is looking that up online, even if they're still listed on their parents' Medicare card. The reason I say generally is because there are times when a young person can give consent to an adult to access that private information. And that is um, usually done through the agreement with someone like a doctor or in some cases it could be a court order to release information, for example. Okay. So if if my daughter, who's 16 years old, went to the doctor on her own and it was bulk billed, I wouldn't be able to see that as a bulk billing item no. on my Medicare? No, that's correct. So once they turn 14, you're not able to view any of their health information about their visits on listed on your Medicare card. Okay. So generally, young people are listed on their parents' or guardians' Medicare card. At what age can someone get their own? So once they turn 15 years of of age, they can apply for their own Medicare card. And I often talk to young people about this being a really important um, thing that they might like to consider. As Again, as part of growing up, um, you know, young people are 
for example, getting their learner's licence. It's part of growing up. It's a part of applying for and collecting those pieces of identification that can be really useful. Mm. Um, And often, you know, they might want to talk to their parents about supporting them to apply for their own Medicare card. In in my experience, it takes quite a long wait in Centrelink to get one <laughs> yes yes so i think that's part of adulting you've got to go wait and yeah exactly it's bureaucracy. a good it's a re- again like navigating the healthcare system it's a really good part of supporting a young person to start to think about entering the adult world and i think i'd just like to say as well it's really important to note that not all young people know about the terminology around the healthcare system Having been someone that's not originally from Australia, I had no idea what the word bulk billing meant, for example. So it's really important to have a conversation around terms and what they mean, as well as explain that some services are not free or might have top-up fees involved. Mm. So it's always important to let them know that they actually need to ask those questions. Yeah. Uh, so this is relatively new even for adults, uh, but what even is My Health and what do young people need to know about it? Yes, yeah, so My Health Record is um, an online summary of each person's key health information that was set up by the government. It means that healthcare providers can access a client's My Health Record to view and add health information. The privacy laws around My Health Record have been brought into line with those of Medicare for young people. So ways that I um, explain it to young people is to say, look, it's an online recording of your health information. In terms of privacy, it's important to ask what information is being recorded and what information is able to be viewed by other doctors, nurses or pharmacists, for example. There might be young people who don't want information about abortion medication, for example, listed on their My Health record. But again, as I said, the privacy laws around this have been brought into line with the Medicare. So from the age of 14, um, parents and carers' guardians wouldn't be able to see um, that information listed on their My Health record. But it's also giving them the choice of what is shared with other health providers. It can be a really useful tool. For example, if somebody is unconscious and they go to an emergency department, a healthcare provider is able to look up their My Health record and it might give them really valuable information about what medications they're on, for example, or what other health conditions or allergies they might have. Mm. And also, if a young person was managing that on their own, they could add in a parent as correct, um, I don't know, a supervisor or a yeah, absolutely. They could add in people for support to help manage their My Health record, mm. and they can also go online and choose to opt out if they wish to do that. Okay. If a young person does go to the doctor, can they get prescriptions for things like contraception? And how much is SDI testing or contraception likely to cost for a student? Yes, they can go to the doctor to get prescriptions. Some services for young people with a Medicare card are bulk billed or free, but it is really important for them to ask about out-of-pocket charges because that can vary quite a bit. It's also important to ask if a young person has a healthcare card. Again, they could be listed on that as a family uh, member and this can make services available at a much lower or free cost, including for medicines as well. 
Pharmacy costs, again, can vary very greatly. And the young person can also ask the doctor or the nurse or pharmacist what these are likely to be. Mm. So a school student card's not going to do anything? No, no, it's not. Yeah. Um, This is a really common question also from young people. Do young people come and ask for counselling around unplanned pregnancy or termination of pregnancy? Yes, absolutely. It's, um, you know, definitely a relatively common um, thing that a young person might attend a sexual health service to ask about. And, you know, parents don't necessarily need to be told. Again, it's a, an assessment the doctor or nurse is making of their ability to consent and understand any treatment, the risks and benefits involved. Usually an adult will need to be present if a young person is accessing a termination of pregnancy. And this can vary from providers, but it's actually around the safety of a young person, especially if an anaesthetic is used or required, as there can also be um, considerations like a risk of bleeding, for example. Mm. Again, we're talking to the young person about who is that trusted adult. Mm. We would like it to be their primary carer, Mm. like their parent, their carer or their guardian, that's not always the case and we need to have a conversation with them around that. So while protecting their privacy, what sort of things do doctors or nurses do to help facilitate that young person talking to their adults? Yeah, first and foremost, I always talk about the parent. I ask them, we make an assessment about their psycho psychosocial well-being um, in general. So we ask them about, you know, their home environment, who are they living with, what's going on for them in their life, are they attending school, um, what are their relationships with others like, do they have support, do they have any mental health issues, what's their physical, you know, health like, all sorts of things. And within that conversation, we're always talking to them about can you talk to your parents? How would they feel if you were sexually active? Um, and they, we know that young people have a really good idea of what the response is going to be. Mm. Often I hear things like, well, my mum wouldn't be angry with me. She'd really prefer if I wasn't have se- having sex. And I know I could tell her, but I'm not sure how to go about doing that. So at that, that's a really great opportunity for us to sit down and talk to them about conversation starters, you know, talking to their parents about um, their sexual health. Yep, and reminding them that parents and carers at home really want to know this stuff. They really want to help. Yeah, absolutely. And as um, you probably heard in, um, when Christopher Fisher was talking in the one of the previous podcasts when we looked at the um, recent um, sexual health survey of Australian secondary school students, most um, sexually active students are having sex in the home. And I just think what a great opportunity to Mm. talk to young people about what's going on for them because they obviously feel safe, you know, to be having that sexual activity in their home, which gives us a really good clue that they're open to talking about their parents or carers about their sexual health. Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Sam. That was really interesting. Um, Have a a lovely day. Thank (laughs) you so much. Thank you so much to Sam Reid and just a few points to summarise at the end here. Your child can go to the doctor on their own and receive treatment as long as they're able to understand the advice that the doctor gives. From 15, someone can apply to get their own Medicare card. Young people have the right to medical privacy. 
from 14 years old, someone is expected to manage their own My Health record. Anyone can nominate an additional representative such as a parent. Mandatory reporting means doctors and nurses have to report harm or risk of harm. In the podcast notes, I'm going to include links for Medicare transfer forms. I'll also include information about My Health Record. The Better Health channel has great information about young people and going to the doctor. Headspace also has really good information. Sam has recommended Vic Youth Law for information about sex and the law. Family Planning Victoria is one of the sexual health clinics available in Melbourne. There are other services specifically for sexual health in Melbourne and in capital cities. Regional areas may be directed to a GP for sexual health information. For more information about Family Planning Victoria, you can go to fpv.org.au. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can also contact Doing It directly at doingit at fpv.org.au. We'd love to hear from listeners and get suggestions for future podcast episodes. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it if you liked it, if you found it helpful, uh, and thank you so much for listening.